Welcome to Hodlers episode 11. We're here with Spotty Wi-Fi. And Spotty Wi-Fi is the best and only crypto punk rapper. In 2021, you famously made over $190,000 in 60 seconds with your 2000 piece collection NFT album, which is really cool. Uh, you've been in multiple articles, Complex, Lyrical Lemonade, and many more. And we're going to see what you bring into the community in 2022, 2023. See what's, uh, see what's happening. So Spotty, do you want to give a quick little description of what you do, who you are? Yeah, I'm a rapper. I'm a songwriter, a performer. And, you know, pretty much I'm, I'm really focused and passionate about, you know, changing the way that artists and their fans, you know, interact mm -hmm. and, and, and how technology can change that, you know, and make that relationship more powerful than it is right now. Because right now, most artists, most recording artists are, are not making a lot of money uh, just because they write a song that people are passionate about or that people connect with, you know, mm -hmm. and as a, as a, you're spending time listening to an artist, you're buying this or that merch, whatever you're buying concert tickets. And a lot of that value that you're hoping is going to support the artist. It's not even making its way to the artist, you know? Yeah, that's true. And that's what's because there's a lot of middlemen, you know, the, the mm -hmm. music industry is infested with middlemen. And so, yeah, I, I kind of just came onto the scene, uh, through this crypto punk, and embrace the NFT community and that with the NFT, uh, web three, what web three can offer to artists and to fans, you know, and that's, that's pretty much what I'm, my mission and what I'm on. So you pretty much like focusing on eliminating the middleman. I think that's what a lot, a lot of rappers and music artists are doing right now. They're trying to trying the best to eliminate that middle process. Cause obviously they're getting paid pennies from some of these streaming platforms. Cause they take like, I don't know how the percentages work, but I'm guessing they take quite a fat chunk. Especially when you got like uh, agents and um, labels and all like all this stuff, um, it's probably quite a low percent when it comes to the end, the end amount. Um, but yeah, when do you get first get into rapping music? How do you start your career? Uh, I first got into. I first started taking music seriously, man, like two thousand six. Oh, so you've been so a long time. Was, yeah. Yeah, well, and I took a long time off as well, you know, so I started, I started really recording seriously, like, focused on it in 2006. And I was mm -hmm. a full time musician uh, through 2012, you know, okay. or into 2012. And, you know, I've been in bands, I've been in rap groups, I've been a solo artist. Uh, and I've toured, you know, open for major, major artists, you know, I opened for Snoop back then. That is you know, cool. Other, that is so cool. Artists um so but you know anyways by 2012 you know th we're talking about the blog era i started out it was myspace era you know <laughs> in that 2006 time and uh you know napster the, the the idea of downloading music was was still like not that not as old as it is right now you know and it was all transforming i remember we had cds pressed i was in a group the first group i was in in 2006 to like 2008 was called the Brit. And we used to press CDs and take them to the shows, you know, um, that wasn't happening by the, by like 2012. And it was very hard to like earn a living. And I mm -hmm. basically got a day job and just focused on that day job for years. Didn't write a song those whole eight years. Um, didn't perform a show. And then 2020 COVID came lost, you know, 
got furloughed, got laid off from my job because of COVID, and then discovered NFTs. And then said, well, I'm not working. Not, or, or I was freelancing, so my work wasn't like always steady and everything. And that's how I got, you know, back into the, the writing music and everything. But this time, you know, in a Web3 way with, with my CryptoPunk, you know, kind of being my my identity you mean selling point yeah i also saw that you um you got into crypto as well apparently didn't you how did that go and how did you first get into that i first got into crypto end of 2017 at like the worst time possible hmm. like right every you know crypto you got into first was spike, like though, going to be fair. crazy what's that you got into like the yeah, first got spike. you got quite early-ish no 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 nothing but i mean what well, well it's all relative, right? But at the time yeah, I got it and, it and it was like really high, like big, at the time, Bitcoin yeah, was yeah. already probably like 17 or 17,000, something like that I was buying and spending more than I was prepared to lose. And mm. then within a couple of weeks, you know, it, it topped out and <laughs> eventually went down to like 3,500. Yeah. Um, so my, my entry was really rough, you know, and I, I made every classic mistake, you know, yeah. everything they tell you not to do, I did you know that's how you learn though that's how everyone starts their career everyone has to take that huge loss everyone does the exact same they go and like over leverage and use their entire account oh yeah it's gonna make millions they put like their entire life savings boom gone and yeah you have to give them like a year or so and then they come back and they slowly learn from the mistakes and that's when you see the true development um yeah that's cryptos gave a lot of people a lot of lessons to be honest um i mean And, and i'm fortunate yeah yeah for sure yeah no it's all good it's all good um yeah but my timing you know my timing was fortunate by learning in that wave you know that Mm -hmm. like class of 17 or whatever um by the time i started hearing about nfts last year when i started hearing about nba top shot and hearing about crypto punks that's what happened january i heard about top shot that got me into crypt in learning about crypto punks and thankfully by then crypto was back and worth more than it was when I had over invested <laughs> a couple of few, a few years earlier. That's awesome. Hey, uh, nice to meet you, Spotty. I'm the co-host here, NFT Dad, and I'm going to jump in with a few questions for you here. Um, super inspiring to hear your story. Um, you know, similar background for me back in October, I got into NFTs, made a little bit of money, you know, bull market, really, you know, intoxicating rabbit hole to dive down. And really saw so many people uh, being creative and innovative with the technology that NFTs can bring. What I want to ask you is, you know, this is, you know, such a unique experience and story that you have, particularly with CryptoPunks being kind of like the, the, the original genesis, the PFP that has no other function but just being incredible art and community, um, you know, creating a meta that people have been trying to chase after for a long time. Can you tell me a little bit about what does it mean? So let's let's say you're talking to people that aren't really sure about the space. They're kind of, uh, you know, they've read the, the, you know, maybe the news, the clickbait or whatever. You're talking to them. What does it mean to be a crypto punk rapper? How would you describe that to them in like sort of a real couple sentences? So a, a crypto punk is uh, a piece a piece of digital art that kind of invented a way for people to own a digital piece of art for the first time, you know, versus like on Instagram and, and stuff like that and other platforms, anybody can post anything if they, if that's really their art, 
you can't really tell did they just take somebody's photo and post this photo did they you know that that sort of thing but with a crypto punk for the first time somebody could show you a picture on the internet and they could prove to you that, that they own it you know um and that that became a template for all sorts of applications things like that you know in terms of how it was set up so a crypto punk is just a digital character that was kind of a breakthrough kind of a historic digital character and i'm i'm the first one out of the ten thousand characters that's a rapper phenomenal that was a yeah. lot more than two or three sentences and i don't know if it was super clear <laughs> but i did my best well that was beautiful and and i think it's so cool because you know you're taking this this idea you're a part of this community crypto punks so talk us through a little bit around this transition. So obviously you've got a rich history as a rapper in the industry for years. You know, you've lived through ups and downs. You've seen the industry evolve and change. Was your connection to the community, particularly the holders of the CryptoPunks, part of what, you know, inspired you to transition? Like were there actual actors in there that you connected with and they were like, hey, you got to try this. And you're like, okay, I'm going to construct this sort of persona and this idea. Is that how it unfolded? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, so I definitely had people that influenced me and inspi inspired me, right? Um, within the crypto punk community, yes. Th there's a guy I met named Crypto Novo on, on Twitter. He goes by Crypto Novo 311. I met him because we were both into NBA Top Shot. He had been into NBA Top Shot earlier than me, but I met him through a mutual friend. And he, at that time, owned eight crypto punks. He had Damn. bought eight crypto punks in 2020 for like hundreds of dollars each you know and by the time i by the time i met him at the beginning of 2021 you know they were worth tens of thousands of dollars each you know the, the cheapest one was around what i spent which was you know between 40 and fifty thousand dollars stuff like that um the the, the the price might have been a little bit lower when i met him but not by much you know because i bought a crypto punk shortly after meeting but so he was a big inspiration. We had a YouTube show together called NFT Stories. And there's some pretty cool interviews on there too, where we were interviewing collectors, collectors, you know, inter telling, NF telling people's NFT stories. He wore a snap lens. Like if somebody's watching this video right now, but the type of snap lens that I'm wearing right now, he had that um, before me. Yeah, and, that, that, and, and he makes them actually, so. That's that's. Why well, is that how you use the cool. animation? The snap lens. Exactly. What is in the Snapchat lens? The Snapchat glasses. Exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah, no exactly. way! Is that how you do it? Oh shoot. Yeah. The wants oh. one. I might have to yeah, yeah stick a massive MCR trading logo on my head. <laughs> yeah. My, there you go. No, but my my guy Novo, he makes them for all sorts of. That's I mean, so cool. He makes them custom for probably any design you could give him lot of nft collections of course and uh and then other people like uh there's a guy named g money is what he goes by and he he's probably the most popular or well-known crypto punk in in terms of the mainstream he's done partnerships with adidas and gucci and, oh. and things like that um and he was one of the only ones that i saw him and novo you know were a couple of the only ones that i saw really building an identity behind and behind the mask you know so to speak mm -hmm. uh but what i didn't see was i didn't see any music and that's what i thought was interesting because you know being inspired by like the gorillas and other artists that would have an alter you know um or, or even just musical entertainment you know uh 
cartoons and you know an animated rapper that sort of thing uh like a natural progression and it gave me a lot of freedom you know i can have a lot of fun as spotty you know and say things as spotty in a way that i wouldn't just say necessarily because spotty's a part of my personality that's not you know it's 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 for this is for music you know and it's for expression right right so this was the inspiration between joining the NFT world. This was what, you know, really, you know, pulled, pulled this together. Can you, can you describe any elements about the actual community itself? I mean, you've described it basically okay. with boarding you. Are there things? Okay, sorry. Yeah. 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 The, yeah, the crypto, I got away from your question. The crypto punk community um, was definitely very supportive. You know, I got a lot of love, a lot of support from the crypto punks. And that was, you know, part of the, the idea was, is, is as a musician, it's very hard to, to capture someone's attention, right? We have the attention span like of a goldfish or whatever. So uh, if you can if you can tap into something that you're passionate about, like hyper passionate about, um, then you can find perhaps a small or you can find an audience that is really you know in tune with what you're what what your if it's content that you're creating that's your content if it's a product or a service they're in tune with your product or your service and the crypto punks were a built-in community that represented you know they represent you know tech and art and culture and finance and and it's an interesting um you know melting pot of people um and yeah they they show me a lot of love because instantly i had thousands of people that they want to see crypto punks become part of pop culture, maybe in differing ways, but overwhelmingly, they all want them. Some, some want them to be, you know, hanging in, you know, the Louvre or and, and in Christie's. Others might want to make, you know, uh, you know, vulgar, you know, rap songs with them or whatever. But we all we all see the brand built one way or another, and and they showed me a lot of love. Beautiful. See, yeah, I getting into. One of the coolest things ever how the hell did this network with snoop dogg happen how the hell did you initially like what was the first phone call or the first contact of snoop dogg like well i really work more closely with his son oh really uh, okay son, yeah so his son is on twitter it's is champ medici mm -hmm, yep and so he dm me once and I didn't really, we were DMing, you know, he, the first thing he DM me, mm. uh, he sent me a link to one of my NFTs that he had just purchased. No way. What did that feel like? <laughs> well, I didn't realize who he was at first, actually, oh, shoot. to be honest with you. I was like, super, I was like, I, I, I replied right away and I was like, you know, amazing. You know, thanks for the support, mm. um, for because he had purchased my NFT, but I didn't realize who he was. I would have freaked out. I, I oh, knew, he's so cool. <laughs> I recognize the. I recognize. You know, I know. I know the the family name is Brodus, and it was C Brodus, and he had Snoop's ape as his profile picture. Oh, okay. So I I I knew it was Snoop, uh, like affi affiliated, but I thought it was like a fan page. To be totally honest mm -hmm. with you, I thought it was like a, a Snoop tribute page or something like that, and I was mm -hmm. honored. And then I, I realized, you know, and so, yeah, we, we talked and it was really cool. And it was really, it was like, it must've been January of 2022 or maybe the end of the year of 2021. But 
basically on that first call, he told me like, what are you doing on for the Super Bowl? I was like, I don't have any plans. I was this way with Snoop. With his son. Okay. Yeah, his son, yeah. Champ. Yep. And on our first conversation and, and he was like, what are you doing for the Super Bowl? Come out to, come out to LA. So that's what we did. I, I went out like the, the week before the Super Bowl. And that's when I first met Champ, you know, and, and we did a, a lot of music together. And then, um, yeah, I, I actually met Snoop at his release party for his album, Back on Death Row, which that week he released as an NFT on Gala Music and sold, well, he, he released it as a series of NFTs, you know, um, a collection of NFTs and sold 44 million dollars worth of nfts Ooh. in one week Damn. um so so that was pretty crazy you know it was pretty crazy because like well i was saying in august when i did my album sale wait till someone real platform mm -hmm. does this because somebody's going to see this and somebody's going to emulate it and snoop is the perfect storm you know they and there is there is not anybody on the planet you know like eight, eight out of eight or nine point five out of ten people on the planet know who snoop is you know and uh and he's and he owns now he he's been in music so long that he any music he may he owns he owns the masters I, I i believe i believe he owns his publishing for anything that he does now he owns death row you know yeah, he owns no, the so label death row so it's an it's incredible and that we were there and, and working with them and and working on music and also kind of just talking through things um and and getting to celebrate with them was really cool it was incredible what was the first time actually meeting him like like in person what did that feel like um uh, so the the first the <laughs> i've only i've actually only met snoop briefly oh i met enough. snoop at it at his release party mm. and uh i was with my wife who at the time was my fiance mm. and i was with Congrats. uh my music producer thank you thank <laughs> you and uh, we see snoop emerging you know the, the party's sort of outside and then you know uh occasionally he's like going into the studio and stuff and he comes out on the studio and we kind of see the wave of you know people making their making room for snoop or whatever mm -hmm. and he walked right toward us walked, walked right toward us <laughs> and i was like yo yo what's up man you know i'm i'm spotty all of up we're pretty much you know just that what's up i'm spotty thanks for having us and you know can i introduce you to my fiance and i didn't really i don't i, I didn't get much out of, out of snoop actually in that moment because i don't know the party i've been going on for a while i don't know if he knew who i was really at all and uh and so i just kind of got like you know quick dap and then you know my wife got a big nice hug and a smile jealous of that one <laughs> yeah it was really funny it was just really funny how he lit up you know from just like a random dude at a party at, at his party you know like <laughs> coming up and shaking up but um but no and then we we actually got to talking more on twitter spaces after the fact mm -hmm. you know and some someday you know he's like at the very top of who i would like to have next album you know so we'll see we'll Ooh, see when it, okay that'd be we'll imagine happens. having snoop on your album jesus that'd be that's that's an achievement right there that's insane um so yeah we'll talking see. We'll about see. your album um <clears throat> we'll get into your project your famous complex article 
you made 200k in 60 seconds uh first of all congrats on that that is insane um that must have felt crazy um how did you achieve that how what was the first idea behind that um like what was the first um thought of like bringing nfts to your music and yeah how did that idea come up of you releasing as an nft so at first, you know, we, we put out the first, we bought the, I bought the CryptoPunk February 23rd, mm-hmm. put out the first song, 16th, I think, was the song I'm Spotty. Uh, we put out another song early May. And at this point, we're just creating content because we're having fun. Mm-hmm. We're building this character, Spotty. We're doing animated music videos. Like do, and, and, it's all, and it's all dope. And it's all like very oh, yeah, high, so fun. Uh, stand, high standard of like quality and everything. Mm-hmm. And kind of, kind of just moving quickly with it, and the reaction is great. And um, eventually, we, you know, once we had, we quickly had a few songs, and it was like, all right, well, this is turning into a project. This is turning into like an album, and it's only right. Like we got to make it an NFT, you know. Mm-hmm. We, we we have to. It's, it's only right. Um, it's meta, which in and of itself is meta because we're in the metaverse. But so we did it. Um, and then we just started thinking like, okay, what can we do to really make it historic? Because remember, I just only bought the CryptoPunk really as an investment. I wasn't planning to do music with it. I bought the CryptoPunk as an investment. And even when I was starting to do this, I was thinking CryptoPunks are historic. But if, I, if mine's the first CryptoPunk rapper, it's even more historic. Mine's got value to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was sort of, that was my initial thing you know other than just having fun with it and basically once we started thinking nft it was like okay well we can't come with something somebody's we can't come with something standard we got to do something special so we decided we were going to do rarity traits just buy a crypto punk you know i i you know i could sort by on the website you know skin complexion the the hat the the spots on his face, you know, the different traits and what makes them rare. We wanted that experience with music, with an album, which we hadn't, I, I hadn't seen, and I still don't know if, if it existed, if we did it. I, I don't think it did. I think we were the first to do that. Um, so how does that work, actually? How does that work? Like with the different rarities? So different, that, yeah, the music. So it has seven songs on it, mm-hmm. okay? And when you minted an NFT... It was a blind, just like when you meant a PFP, you don't see what you get until yep. they, they reveal it. We wanted the same experience with, with the songs. So you would either get one of the seven songs okay. or you'd get a remix. There's 24 Ooh, okay. remixes and those are more rare. Uh, okay, all of this. So the songs are like, are, there's a spectrum of rarity. Some are more rare than others. Some are one of ones and they all have unique artwork. So there's, Seven songs on the album, 24 remixes. That's 31 available NFTs um, and a supply of 2,000. Those 31 are you know, in different quantities to fill up 2,000 NFTs in the collection. And uh, no matter what song you mint, no matter what song you mint out of those 31 options, uh, you will get the copyright to that song. So you could use that song, all of it in its entirety or a part of it. Uh, you could remix it and you could put it in your podcast, your YouTube show, your film, 
advertisement game, whatever. You can even sub-license it to somebody else. If you come in my Discord, I'll give you the stems so you could do remixes. You know, you can use my vocals, put it on your song. You can use the beat, put it on your song, whatever. Um, that was pretty revolutionary too because I maintained ownership of my masters and my publishing in doing that. Nice. So I'm giving, I'm giving the, the, the collector a license to use my music, but if and you can even sub-license it. So you could put my music in your commercial, and when the commercial airs, I'll get a performance royalty when my song plays. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. Yep. So it does ask it, a little bit about that, just to, just to real pause on that for a second, because I find that so fascinating. So with the royalty piece, is that baked into the smart contract for that that particular you know you go on the the discord you like how, take walk us through sort of the crafting of that deal and how that unfolds because i think that's just so innovative okay uh your question has a couple angles to it so um you might have to remind me the first thing i want to talk about is terms and conditions real quick mm -hmm. um the other thing i want to talk about man what was it you had such a good question i'll start there but i, I yeah. put terms and conditions on my yeah. site it's 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 not like it's not on chain. The terms and conditions are not on chain, uh, but they are they they have not changed, and I have no plans to change them uh, since the mint day. But they are online. So my first one, you could check out. First off, my website is spottywifi.io, or you could just go to spottylicense.com mm -hmm. if you want to read the license for my first one. Um, and I do a, I did the similar thing for my my other drop all time high. You can read that license at athlicense.com. So I I try to be as forward with because I'm very proud of those documents. I'm very proud of those terms and conditions. Okay, now now the way that the royalties work. There's two types of royalties. This is the other thing I wanted to mention. When we're there, well, there's at least there's a lot of types of royalties. But in, in NFTs, you have I I royalty when my NFTs are sold on the secondary market. So, you know, people collect and trade my NFTs and I take a, a cut um, of the secondary sales. That's a very powerful thing for an artist. You know, it's revolutionary. That is built into the smart contract um, in some cases. In other cases, it's a, basically a setting that you can adjust with different marketplaces like OpenSea. Then on the more music side, there's different royalties on the music. And my terms and conditions are what outline that I retain ownership of my masters and my publishing and the royalties that comes with that. Um, so that's that's where that comes from. Now there's there are or there is at least one platform called Royal that is trying to do uh, and and offering NFTs. They're not trying to do. They're they're offering song royalties like publishing or uh, you know royalties on the actual song to the token holder and those royalties the first payment just went out i own i own two uh nas nfts from them and i must have received my first royalty a couple weeks ago something like that so so that is happening what was that sorry what's the name of that platform again it's called Royal. So Royal, uh, because you know they're paying out royalties, so it's called Royal. And it, that one is founded by Blau. Blau is spelled with the numeral three, L-A-U. And uh, Blau, so Blau is a real, you know, he's a genius. He's a, he's a DJ. 
um, he's like a former analyst, you know, and a DJ. And he sold an album last year, I think. Yeah, it was early last year. Um, and he sold the album as an NFT for like, well, a lot of money. <laughs> I don't need to say, I don't need, you know, it's all, it's all public, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of money. And, uh, and then he's, now he's founding, founded this company Royal. It's really interesting. Check it out. I really like them. Mm -hmm. And, and they're taking the, be, because they have the legal team to kind of take on that sort of a gray area where we don't exactly have clarity in terms of what the laws are around selling royalties like um, and it's not something that I'm, I'm prepared or, or looking to do as a, as a totally indie artist right now, but it, what I think what they're doing is really cool. Cause I want to do a drop with them at some point. Um, and, and they're offering, you know, they have the resources to kind of make that argument that, that it is, uh, in, in play, that it's fair game. That's really cool. And I, I think it's obvious. I'm, I'm just looking back in an article here. Um, there's a bunch of artists like Katy Perry, Nas, the chain smokers that were sort yep. of all investors in this. I don't know whether, whether that took off or not, whether that's actually out there up and running. Is that up and running right now? Or is it still behind the scenes building? Are you no, Audius. Yeah. Audius is fully functional. I love Audius. I've probably been using Audius about a year now. Okay. Um, it's uh, Audius is a really cool platform. I really like, first of all, I just really like, the user experience like i like the look of the app and i like the look of the site when i'm on my app. um easy to use blah 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 but they're a decentralized streaming service so they the the user experience kind of reminds you of other streaming services where you stream music but realized me in theory meaning they're meaning that nobody can force you to take down anything that you upload basically <laughs> So in a world where people love sampling, but it's not always easy to clear the sample uh, to, to actually have permission to use it, um, it's interesting. It's very interesting. I, I shouldn't even be going into I don't even know why I want to angle. I actually, I love Audius. I'm, I'm talking about that. But what I should be talking about is I love Audius. Like they show me a lot of love. Like they show me a lot of love, man. I get so much love on Audius. I get more streams on Audius than anywhere. Like, oh wow yeah yeah well I, lately lately that hasn't okay. always been the case but 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 i love audience and it's still early there it's still early there so as an artist i feel like if i can build there while it's early and they have investors like nas like you know i, I feel good about it yeah they've got some heavy hitters that are putting cash behind that which seems to be kind of a key piece in a lot of these larger scale you know um, decentralized platforms that are trying to take on the big players out there which is amazing but my i got a i got a two-parter for you and then then we have like a famous last question for you that we ask all of our hosts so thank you so much for bearing with us and jumping in it's been so fascinating learning from you and and hearing your journey it's just extremely inspiring i was actually talking to a young artist earlier today he's 17 and he's making his own music and he's got it on soundcloud uh, and i was talking to him about your journey and one of the research we've done on you and he's just just like listening to every word i was saying and now he's going down the rabbit hole right now so you're an inspiration and, and it's just such an honor to have you on our show so thank you but my two-parter awesome. for you um is um actually just wanted to ask you you know you you've you've done something you know that nobody else has done before 
I'm just really curious, and I'm sure there's lots of people out there listening. Have you run into any challenges with the the process of holders, you know, maybe misusing your IP rights or putting your music to something nefarious? Because there are bad actors out there in any field, decentralized or not. That's my first question. And then I just want to get your take on the idea of mass adoption, like, you know, where we're headed where you think we might be headed. And I know nobody's got the crystal ball, but you know, you certainly have your finger on the pulse with what's happening out there and, and you're living and breathing this sort of new stream of experience. Um, so I'm just curious that, so mainstream adoption. So first IP rate challenges, and then and if you could just give us your, your broad brush strokes, your macro on NFT space and mainstream adoption, that would be fantastic. Uh, I don't, I can't remember anything that I've seen where people were using the music or the artwork in a way that I didn't really like. Um, I, I, and we've, we've done remix competitions, you know, people have done a lot of cool stuff, you know, everything has been great, you know, um, I, 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 that is the risk, the, the risk of course, in doing like this is. Well, the, the beauty the beauty of doing something like this on the blockchain is it's it's almost frictionless right but the side of that is like we're not doing we're not doing meet and greets to, to see if the person that i want to license to is somebody that seems <laughs> like somebody i would want to license it to you know um but thankfully i haven't had anything that i i, I didn't like um and i feel like ultimately the reason i didn't have any hesitation in offering that sort of thing with my nfts is i don't think you can never avoid that risk you know you can't i can't stop somebody from if they want to take my song and, and put it on something that i don't like i can't exactly stop them um i can stop them on certain platforms you know there are certain platforms where they can be stopped um but i just think in the long run uh i, I that's just how that's just the conclusion I came to is I'm comfortable doing it and, and so far no no issue. Um other question in terms of like mainstream adoption, right? So Yeah. I guess first I would just say I think music is gonna play a huge part in mainstream adoption. I think it already has. I think you could look at the board apes, especially. Like music is is culture and in our culture musicians really set the trends in a lot of ways, you know? And so uh, I think, and, and I think just in terms of lyrics, lyrics have a way to make people curious about, like, you know, I feel, that's how I feel. And especially in, in rap and hip hop, like if somebody's talking about something and it sounds cool, it sounds dope, but you don't know what they're talking about, you're gonna try to figure out what they're talking about, you know, just to understand what they're even saying, you know? Um, or if it's just, sometimes it's just gibberish, sometimes, you know, you don't know, so you're trying to figure it out. And so I think it's going to be important for adoption, but I think what, you know, I don't know if it's going to be, I think ultimately hardware, you know, hardware makes things very real for people. And I think in this case, eyewear is going to make things very real for people. I think, you know, I remember being in this, I'll, I'll just show my age. I remember being in high, in high school and very few people had cell phones, like my sophomore year. Okay, like my soft, my like my freshman year, nobody had a cell phone. My sophomore year, like very few people had a cell phone. Like very few people, the same people that had their own car had a cell phone, you know. And um, my junior year came back from the summer. 
everybody in the whole school had a cell phone, you know? Um, and I feel like uh, that could happen over the course of a few years with the right releases in terms of AR glasses, um, maybe probably faster than VR, you know? And um, gaming we know is gonna be huge. I think gaming and music are the top passion points in the metaverse in terms of accessibility today, you know? If, if we have, if we, if we have uh, a browser base where anybody can log on on a browser and, and thousands of people can um, log on and be entertained in the metaverse, it's like gaming and, and music. That, that's the lowest hanging fruit. And so um, that, that's where I think we're going. I think it's going to take probably more time than we realize. Like I said, the, the lower thing could be solved, you know, um, in a couple years, but we also need the market to, you know, who knows what this bear market has in store for us? Who knows what the global markets have in store for us, you know? But either way, I think we're talking about, like, sooner than, sooner than later. I don't think we're talking, like, 20 years from now. At what? And, and sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling right now about hardware. I never even talked about hardware. I don't know why I'm talking about hardware. But, but, but the, other, the other thing I usually talk about is ticketing. You know, I'm of the firm belief at every ticket to any live event that you'll ever go to. I'll say any nation to get a haircut. I'll say any receipt for a bag of chips you bought at 7-Eleven, you will have the option for it to be an NFT. Mm. You might not even know that it's an NFT. They might not use the term NFT, right? But on-chain verify, on-chain authentication, that you are the person that bought something, you know, or you are the person that attended something. That's very powerful for um, merchants and and you know stores and restaurants and any type of business. Um, and and it's it's like a trade off of normally they're they're getting a bunch of data right, and they're targeting you on Facebook and online and stuff with ads, and most of that data most of the data that's out on the market is, is kind of trash data. You know, it's just, you don't know if you're even targeting the people that you're supposed to be targeting. Social media, you can see, media is probably better than a lot of types of data, but at the same time, social media, you're making decisions based on what people want the world to see. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's not as good as purchase data. Purchase data is really valuable, but on the blockchain, it's an it can be anonymous if the person wants it to be anonymous. So th those are the types of things I think about when it comes to mainstream adoption, but but basically ticketing, I think is gonna be huge. So fascinating. I mean, I'll, I'll throw it over to Leon for the final question, but I, I forget who said this, but it's, you know, you can imagine a world in the future. Um, and by the way, the future you've painted there sounds really great. It sounds awesome. I really hope uh, it does go that way. I like the sound of it, uh, literally. But the idea is that if you could look at somebody's wallet and see where they went, that instead of you have your, you know, your social media platform where people, you know, scroll through and look at the things you're doing that are sort of curated or whatever, um, they can look at your wallet if you choose to make it, you know, uh, connected to a name and they can see where you ate, where you traveled, what you did and, and kind of be like, oh, this person actually went there. They're not bullshitting me. This is something they actually did and experienced. I want to check that out. And they can kind of, you know, your, 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 like, like your purchase history is kind of like your social media platform in a way because you're putting your money where your mouth is and your experiences where your mouth is and people can go and look at that and, you know choose to follow that or be a part of your community if you've got a you know an experience there that's on chain that's that's kind of as you're describing that spotty i'm like 
I'm kind of visualizing this wallet that's kind of like a journey that people can look at. I look back at my history of all the NFTs I've purchased and flipped. It's it's a story and it's been barely a year uh, and I have all these experiences associated with that. Some tears, some real sadness, <laughs> but also joy and, and, and hilarious moments. So, um, you know, I wonder if that's what the future might look like too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it'll be interesting, you know, um, I don't know how, I don't know how public certain things should be, you know, or I want certain things to be, but I, I think that what what's going to, it's just the ability to, to it's like a, it's like a ro- loyalty and rewards program but without a lot of friction right and like for me as an artist it's like an old school uh fan club or street team without a lot of friction you know um so but yeah it'll be interesting to see like how like if you're if you're walgreens you know you're not going to be issuing nfts uh that that share a whole lot of like personalization <laughs> necessarily based on like their purchase history but um but you know that's the beauty of the smart contracts in in my in my understanding is like we can we can uh customize it however we want different merchants to do different things but yeah it's 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 wild man it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see if is like if live nation you know live nation to me is like how many years will it take them to figure this out you know to try something or, or a sports league, you know, if the NBA or somebody came out and did it, like something like that can really go a long way quickly, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we're getting very close to that as well. We're getting close to like one massive, massive mainstream adop- adoption. And then from that, it'll just be a chain reaction. Everyone will start doing it. Um, I mean, well, sorry, last thought, but yeah, just yeah, think go for it, go for it. about how many, people, how many people Top Shot brought in. Top Shot brought in a lot of people, myself included, so I'm biased. Uh, but that's a big, uh, big league. And if, if something like that happens again in a couple years with bigger and better, you know, application and like supply, man, you know, supply and demand management, um, the, the next bull market will probably have more than one type of league like that, like mm-hmm. super official multi-billion dollar organization doing nature like that yeah 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 completely agree um but yeah ending it off with our our last question we've been going 40 minutes so pretty much bang on um so this is a bit of a two-piecer um if you could go back in time to when you first started your music career and or nft career what would be one thing or piece of advice you would have told yourself uh so you can do one for music one for nft or multiple up to you okay okay um that's tough man uh one piece of advice i would say the number one piece of advice is just man just uh that's so hard (laughs) so hard to pick one piece of advice because like there's there's music advice there's business advice there's music business advice Mm. I guess I would just say, trust your instincts and don't stop. That's really, mm-hmm. that's really what I would say, because ultimately, you know, if you trust your instincts, you will um, hopefully just surround yourself with worthy people and people that have been by your side, you know, because hype or before, um, before you, you found your, your moment in the sun. 
you know, before you had success. And you keep those people around you. And if you don't stop, then, you know, you never know what could happen. You know, and it, don't stop as long as you enjoy it. You know, trust, yeah. trust, trust, stop as long as you enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. That would be my oh, advice. Well, it's like, the, um, I don't know if you've seen a picture of like the two miners and they're in the tunnel and they've got like the diamonds at the end of the tunnel. One stops like just before to give up and then one carries on going and gets all the diamonds. That's sort of, that's life pretty much. You just can't stop. As long as you enjoy it, like you said, um, just keep Absolutely. doing what you're doing. Um, but yeah, love that. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, you can quickly give yourself My a pleasure. bit of a, well, not quickly, but give yourself a bit of a plug. Where can you find you? Your Twitter, your website, that type of stuff. Yeah, Spotty Wi-Fi, S-P-O-T-T-I-E, Wi-Fi. And SpottyWiFi.io is my website. You can find all my social media handles there. You can find my music, my NFTs, uh, my Discord. Definitely hop into my Discord if you use Discord. If you ever really want to, like, ask some questions, talk about music or NFTs, that's the best place to find me. As I'm on Twitter and Instagram pretty much every day. So Awesome. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for yeah, your you time. Yeah, you too. Thank you and so much. This is super fun. Yeah, for sure. So